This lecture is brought to you by Knox Theological Seminary on iTunes U. Knox is a seminary in the tradition of the Reformation that exists to educate men and women to declare and demonstrate the gospel of Jesus Christ. Our prayer is that this teaching will be beneficial in your Christian life and ministry. Let me say a few words then about sanctification um, because I've talked about this um, uh, all along and we need to kind of fit it in to the overall um, uh, picture so that we understand where we are. Um, The first thing that has to be said is that justification and sanctification are inseparable. The arguments which have occurred over the, over the centuries have been really arguments about how they are related. To put it in uh, broad uh, terms, the medieval picture, the picture that Luther inherited, was to say that sanctification is the main thing. Sanctification is what you see, getting closer to God, becoming a holier person. And the more you progress you made in that direction, the more likely you were to go to heaven, Uh, the more justified you would be. So justification was kind of a recognition of your sanctification. You could put it like that. Luther turns this on its head and says, no, you are justified by faith in Christ apart from sanctification. It does not depend on sanctification because it is not a work of man but a work of God, you know. And uh, the other thing, of course, is that justification is the same for everybody. You cannot be more or less justified Um, but you can be more or less sanctified. And of course, this is tied in with doctrines of election, predestination, and so on. I mean, if God has chosen me, and God has chosen you, I can't be more chosen than you are. I mean, this would not make any sense. You see? On the other hand... I might be more or less mature in my faith than you are. And in fact, I'm almost certain to be one or the other. You know, because no two people are alike. So comparing me with you or, or, you know, uh, with each other, we probably find that in some ways, you know, you're, you're, you're closer to God than I am, and in other ways I might be closer to God than you are. I mean, who knows, you know, um, in, 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 in this respect. But it doesn't really matter because as far as our standing before God is concerned, it's not based on this. It's based on our justification. We are going to heaven. We are children of God not because we are sanctified, but because we are justified. All right? That's the, that's the first key thing. Now, there are those who will say, well, if that is the case, you see, if I can go to heaven um, 
on the basis of my of being justified, and my sanctification isn't going to make any difference. It's like the workers in the vineyard, you know, those who, who labor all day, and those who go at the 11th hour, they get the same reward, even though clearly the ones who've been there all day have done a lot more than the ones who've only arrived at the 11th hour. But the reward is the same. The tendency, of course, is going to be uh, to say, well, in that case, I won't worry about sanctification. Uh, you know, why, why bother with that? Uh, because it's not going to make any difference. But to think in that way, and people do, some people do think in that way, to think in that way is really a denial of your justification. Why? Because it's a denial of your relationship with God. You see, if you have a relationship with God in Christ, you don't calculate this. Because your relationship with God in Christ is a relationship of love, and love does not calculate, doesn't quantify. Love is something which responds to the circumstances, whatever they are, uh, you know, and applies itself to those circumstances, it doesn't keep accounts. I mean, it would be absurd, for instance, um, you know, if I said to, uh, say, my mother, for instance, um, well, you know, um, you know, when, when uh, uh, I was little, um, you washed my clothes, you made my meals, you, you know, got me up in the morning to go to school, you did all this kind of thing, so, you know, that earns you so many points in my life, and now I have to sort of repay you, uh, you know, by loving you uh, according to this. You see that I tick off, well, you know, you did this for me, so I do this for you, as a kind of you scratch my back and I'll scratch yours. I mean, if you think like this, then your relationship is not one of love. Your relationship is purely one of self-interest. And we see this, of course. Um, you see, with the, the terrible problem in our society today um, with the, the decline, I won't say the disappearance, but the decline of the concept of friendship. Uh, I mean, don't take this from me. Uh, if you want to read about it, uh, read C.S. Lewis, when C.S. Lewis in his book, The Four Loves, there's a, a, a wonderful chapter on friendship. And he says, friendship is the problem uh, of our time um, because people have forgotten how to have friends. And you see this, you see, you see this in, in, uh, uh, in our society too often friendship has been eroded by what we call networking. And this is very dangerous because if, if I relate to you, you see, I mean, obviously if I've, uh, you know, got some kind of connection with you, like you're my parents or my wife or my children or something like that, you know, some kind of obligation, that's different. 
But if I'm just setting up, you know, deciding, that, look at you and say, well, now, what kind of relationship am I going to have with you? And I sort of calculate this and think, well, I, I really want to get to know this person because this person might be of use to me in my business or in my career or, or something of this kind. So, you know, I invest in this person now for this reason. This is a denial of friendship. This is this is a, 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 you know the, this is not what what friendship is. But unfortunately, this is what it too often has become. With the result that you don't know whether you have friends or not a lot of the time. You know, uh, I mean, in my case, for instance, I've been a teacher all my life you learn after a while that you really cannot make friends with your students. This isn't because the students are, are bad people or they're not friendly people or anything like this, nothing to do with that. It's just that the nature of the relationship, you know, makes it difficult. And I found this over, over, over the years, you see, that you just have to treat everybody the same. And then afterwards, I mean, when the students graduate and go off and so on, some of them turn out to be your friends. You know, that you, you can actually have, I mean, it's not that you can never be a friend with these people. Of course you can. It happens. But others don't. You know, and you don't always know in advance who is going to be what, which. I mean, I can look back over, over people that, you know, I've known in my uh, teaching career. And, uh, I mean, you know, people that I've liked and, and students who have been very good and we've got a, had a very good relationship and everything else, they graduate, they disappear. I've never seen them since. It's not that we have a bad, I'm sure there's no bad feeling or anything like that. I'm probably, if we met, uh, you know, at some point, it, it, it would be fine. I mean, it's not that there's a problem that I know of anyway. It's just that, well, you know, they came to get a degree. They, I was the person who was providing them with what they needed. They got what they wanted. They went away, and that was that. They weren't intending anything more than that to begin with, and I wasn't either you know, particularly. That wasn't the nature of, of, of the relationship, so I don't hold this against them. Um, others, of course, you know, it turns out that, well, actually, we, we do end up with a relationship. We have a friendship. They, you know, and, and, uh, and sometimes, I mean, uh, well, last year, for instance, um, I got invited by one of my former students to preach at uh, his institution in a church. You see, he was, he was inducted into a church and so on, and he, he wanted they had someone to preach it for this, and he asked me to go and do it. Um, so I did. And, and I felt, you know, there was a privilege, really, you know, that he would, he would do this thing with us. But we become friends in a way that, you know, I, I wouldn't have, have necessarily expected uh, beforehand. So it can happen. You know, and, and it's nice when it happens, and it's good when it happens, but it's not something that you go in the, into expecting from the beginning. You know, this is the, um, uh, the difference. And 
uh, and so you have to uh, you have to see this. You see the, the 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 nature of the relationship, and of course, in our relationship with God in Christ, Jesus says, "You are my friends if you do whatever I tell you," which is a funny kind of friendship. You know, I mean, it's not the sort of friendship we have. Uh, in, in, in human terms. I mean, how could I go to somebody and say, uh, you know, I want to be your friend and uh, you can be my friend if you just do what I tell you to do. But in the case of, of Christ, um, that creates the friendship. That is the nature of the relationship, uh, that he is Lord of our lives. And therefore, of course, our sanctification really becomes a greater submission to his lordship not a big uh, uh, an achievement on on my part you know it's not as if i have somehow done something um to earn my place in his presence to, to, to curry favor with him um but uh, the, the, a deepening relationship which is a deepening submission uh, you know to his lordship in my life and that that is really the true measure uh, of, uh, uh, of my sanctification. But th if that's what sanctification is, of course, it cannot even begin unless there is justification. Because if I, if I don't have the right relationship with God in Christ to start off with, I mean, if I don't recognize Christ as Lord of my life. How can I become more submitted to him? The whole concept would make no sense. You see? So there is a logical progression. You establish, the relationship is established. That is justification. And then it's worked out. That is sanctification. And this distinction... Uh, is, is, of course, very important. We, need to, we, we have to learn it all the time. I mean, uh, you see it uh, most obviously, perhaps, uh, in the case of marriage. Um, you know, what is a marriage? Well, you get married to somebody, all right. Um, Forty years later, you're still married to this person. Are you, more, are you more married after 40 years than you were at the beginning, or less married? Well, this is a non-question. You don't ask this question. Um, you know, my poor mother, she went to a, 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 an evening at her church, which was to, uh, somehow they were talking about this. And somebody asked, you know, they asked her straight out, they said, do you love your husband? And I, she was telling me this afterwards, and I just froze, and I thought, oh, no, mother, what did you say? You know, um, how did you answer this question? And she said, well, I said yes. And then she said, but I said yes because I knew that was the right answer. So I said, yes, that's right. And she said, but I still can't quite figure out what they were getting at. You know, what, what did they mean? Like, we've been married 41 years. I said, what does it mean to love my husband? And I said, well, you're still married. She said, yes. And I said, you know, you've lived through the ups and downs and, and, and so on. She said, yes. And I said, and you're not planning to go off somewhere else, are you? She said, no. 
Um, you know, she said, we just work things out as we go from one day to the next. So I said, well, I think that's a fairly, you know, good discussion, a good description of what love is, you know. And she said, oh. She said, well, she said, we just get along, we just get on with it. So, you know, we don't sit around discussing it. You know, she said, I'd, I'd never thought about it before. You know, she never verbalized. She never, no one had ever said, you know, uh, tried to define. She said, you just live from one day to the next and, and so on. And I said, well, yes. I said, you've just grown in a deeper relationship and deeper sort of, you know, um, uh, coming together. Of course, even I was intelligent enough not to ask my father this question because he wouldn't have known what to say. You know, men never do, though, do they? I mean, men are like, what? Not, not, oh, married. Oh, yes, I guess I am married. Yeah, I hadn't really thought about that. Um, you know, <laughs> they live in another world, you know, sort of playing golf this afternoon, you know, we'll t talk about this some other time. But, um, uh, uh, but, but, you know, this, this sort of uh, issue, and I thought it was a very good uh, picture, a very good presentation, because clearly that life experience would not have happened had there not been a marriage to start off with. The marriage on paper, as, you know, the, uh, the, the official thing, um, was still the same, hadn't changed. But of course, the reality, the, the way it works out in everyday life, had changed enormously. Uh, you know, six children later, and, and 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 all sorts of experiences of one kind or another. Uh, you know, of course, it's it, it, it's changed. But this is the sanctification. This is the growth in in uh, uh, you know in love, and to put one against the other. Uh, as if they're somehow in competition, or somehow you you know you can't have one without the other, or, or, or that you have you know you have to choose between them makes no sense. And yet they are connected in a way that um, is is essential. Without the connection, without without establishing the relationship first, you can't develop a relationship you haven't got. You know, it doesn't make sense. So this is the connection, really. This is the way in which justification and sanctification are, um, are, are interconnected. And it's important because, well, as in marriage, of course, you, you, know, you, you know this from example, in some ways there are no rules. There's no law. Now, have to be careful about saying this because of course you'll say oh but there are rules well yes there are but they're rules determined by love rather than by law so that you you you, you work out what it means you see as you go along and of course this is why the picture is given in in the scriptures you see when paul says in ephesians 5 Women, you know, wives submit yourselves to your husbands. Husbands sacrifice yourself for your wife. It is a self-giving uh, back and forth. And the way this works out on a daily basis, of course, will vary according to the circumstances. Um, uh, you, you know, it's, it's a living thing. And, and, and you, you, you just, the principle in your mind is the same. The commitment is the same. 
and the way that it actually works out on paper and in practice, um, you know, will will vary according to the, the need of the moment uh, and the circumstances. You can't you can't abstract, um, you know, and uh, and make a set of rules uh, that then exist in isolation from from reality. Uh, you, you know what I mean from everyday life, and and this is why my mother had so much trouble trying to f- articulate what she what what the whole thing meant because she said, well, we just get on with it. You know, we don't sort of sit down and 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 work out how it's going to work. Uh, I mean, sometimes you work out certain things, but then that's because the circumstances demand it. Um, you, you know, it, it's flexible in that sense, but you start with the, the underlying commitment. And in our, our, our relationship with God in Christ, I think this is also something very important. I mean, let me give you uh, an example. Some charismatic people I know, um, you know, were given the gift of speaking in tongues. All right. Well, I've never been given this gift. I don't particularly want this gift. Uh, and I'm not jealous of them. You see, they have this gift. All right, they, they have it, that's fine. But the crisis moment came, you see, a couple of them I knew. The gift seemed to stop. They spoke in tongues for a while, and then they didn't do it anymore. And, of course, they wondered why, you know. And I, they asked me about this one time. I said, you know, we've stopped... It, it, they thought maybe they'd sinned or, you know, something, they'd lost their relationship or something had gone wrong. And I said, well, I don't know. I mean, I, you know, I, I'm not you. I can't pass judgment on your life. I said, but could it possibly be that God is moving you on to a different thing? You know, and then we looked at passages in the scriptures where it talks about the milk of the word, you know, in Hebrews, you need to move on to the meat uh, and so on. Maybe it's time to move on. You're not denying this or, or saying anything, but you know, now it's time. Paul said, when I was a child, I spoke as a child and so on, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. It, it, there's a new, new stage, a new, a, a new time. You have to adapt accordingly, not denying the past, but just moving on. And, uh, and your relationship with God in Christ ought to be solid enough and firm enough uh, you know, basis that this kind of thing is possible without losing... Uh, you know, the substance um, of it, that God is, you know, giving you a new thing. And, and of course, you know, it says, Jesus said, when you are, don't be afraid, you know, when you are called up before the authorities or so on, um, you know, the Holy Spirit will give you the words to say uh, when the time comes. And so you, um, you rely on this, you see. I mean, this is what I do in my life. I mean, my spiritual life, I haven't got a plan um, you know, as to how I'm going to improve or, or become more sanctified in the next year or something like this. Um, I just live each day as it comes and, and deal with the challenges that I face on that day. And as awareness grows, I mean, th- things in my life, you know, that need to be dealt with, um, well, then I deal with them as they come up, um, uh, you know, and without trying to objectify this or create some kind of... Um, uh, of legal structure, you know, which is going to contain this, um, and, and may not be have any real relevance to the way I live. You know, it may be a burden rather than a blessing. So, uh, you, you, you know, the, it's a living thing. As with any living thing, there, there are guidelines, but without the guidelines, mustn't become straitjackets. 
That's really what I'm trying to say. Uh, you, you, you know, you've got to um, you've got to work it out as you go along. But this is only possible if the relationship is secure to start off with. And so this is how I think we have to understand sanctification. Sanctification is the Christian life. The Christian life can only be lived if you are a Christian. That's really what we're talking about when we talk about justification and sanctification. And all the arguments, the theological discussions and everything else that go on about this, I think in the end, this is what it boils down to. You know, living out the life that we have in Christ. And not worrying too much about it. Uh, about what is, you know, what's it going to be like. And not passing judgment on it either. You know, uh, that, uh, I mean, I think... I have a relationship with God now which is sufficiently strong that not only does God tell me what I'm doing wrong, I mean, he's always been doing that, but that I actually hear him when he's saying this and I, do something, I try to do something about it. You know, I, I can. I think I can probably say this: that you know, 20 years ago, say when God told me I was doing something wrong in my life, I might not always hear it. Well, I suppose I still don't always hear it, but I'm somehow seem to be more conscious now of hearing it than I used to be, and perhaps more accepting of it as well. You know, like whereas 20 years ago I might have complained and said. Oh, Lord, why don't you just leave me alone, you know, I'm, uh, and I, I'm doing my best. Now I, tend, I don't say that anymore. I tend to think, yes, Lord, you're right, you know, and, and thank you for telling me. You know, so often I, I, I look back and I think, oh, my goodness, you know, um, talk about being saved by the skin of your teeth, you know, rescued from something. I mean, I could so easily have fallen into this trap or that trap or some other thing, and... It's only later that you realize that you see the protecting hand of God over you, and and He stopped that. You know, um, I I could have I could have said something or done something that was quite wrong, and would have got me into terrible trouble. And years ago, I probably would have done that. I don't know, but you know, I, I think it would have been more likely. And and now I've just been I've just been held back. I've been protected. I don't feel proud about this. I just feel grateful. Yeah, you you know that that, that I, I'm walking with God in this way. But I can't say that because it happened yesterday, it's necessarily going to happen today or tomorrow. Uh, because each day is, you know, you you you're living it again. Um, uh, it's like love, you know, l love has to be there all the time, uh, you know, not just on Fridays. These courses provide a glimpse into our academic programs. Knox students can take one week or semester length courses in person at our South Florida campus or choose to complete a degree entirely online. 
By bringing together academic excellence, a vibrant community of learning, and flexible scheduling, Knox offers today's students timeless truth through modern convenience. For more information about earning credit toward a master's degree, please visit our website at knoxseminary.edu.